regular read of the latest LGBT plus trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, or as Michael likes to call me, that bald bitch with the whore eyes. Uh, thank you very much for that, Michael. You're very welcome. <laughs> welcome to season two of Girl, and this week I'm joined with our regulars, the resident Zaddy Michael. Hey. Thotalicious Thotter Stew. Hey. Downtown Abbey herself, Scott. <laughs> Can I just find out? Hey, I'm really uncomfortable with Thotter and Zaddy. <laughs> but you're okay with being called Downtown Abbey? <laughs> I didn't choose this nickname either. I, I, it's kind of thrust upon me. <laughs> well, it's lockdown. We take what we can get. Um, mm. And the magnificent Lady D. Good evening. <laughs> and this week, we are overjoyed to be joined by the scintillating, the effervescent, fresh from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, with legs for days, months, maybe even years, Astina Mandela. Oh my god. It me. <laughs> Hello, it you? how are you doing? Fabulous. I'm doing very well. Um I'm just very happy now that the technological and signal world is working for me very well. I have three bars and I can hear everyone clearly. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> that could be an album name, Living on Three Bars. <laughs> the goal for after my um that's actually my All Stars entrance. It's my new my new my All Stars entrance. Um Lime. <laughs> but here first, exclusive. Have we all been watching Drag Race UK? Have we all seen the latest episode? Absolutely. I can hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. There's a rule in the house that uh, I have to watch it within 30 seconds of it becoming available. Otherwise, I legitimately have withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> I sit there refreshing from half oh. six at night until it's uploaded early. I literally only watched it today and the US one. I'm so behind. I've watched uh, UK twice since it came out, and I've watched uh, USA twice since it came out. Wait, you watched it twice? So, like, I know you try and say that I refer everything to when I worked on the ship, but when I worked on the ship, I'd download an episode (laughs) illegally, and then I'd watch that same episode every day until the next episode came out. And so, at least I'm not doing that now. But that's because David Wharton let us. <laughs> so, Estina, you, I know you've been doing a lot of podcasts like uh, since you came off the show, and you've been asked, you know, you must only hear about, like, Drag Race. So do you mind us asking you about what it was like on there, or are you sick of it all? Do you know what's funny? Ever since, like, I became a drag artist queen, whatever you want to call the art, it's always about drag. But do you know what I like about it now is the fact that I'm <laughs> I'm upsetly left. I got, I'm booted out. <laughs> Because of my shoulders. <laughs> so now I get to like watch it as like an audience member so I can talk about it. Answer all your questions. Give me everything. I'm so here for it. Scott, you must have something to start with. Oh, I don't know where to start. Um, and again, she's flapping. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't I wasn't quite ready to, to be the first one thrown into asking a question. <laughs> so the first question I've got is just a, like a general kind of question is before you went on the show, did you know anyone else who was going on before you got on? I knew you two of them were going on. I knew one of them for sure. The other one I was um, knew had happened once it confirmed. I actually met one of them. We were in packs. We were like, hi, mm-hmm. just getting some. Yeah, just getting some lashes for, you know, the gig. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Well, have fun. Anyway, 
was like, yeah, we're both not on it. And then obviously we won on the show and I was like, ah! I knew you were on it. Like, <laughs> Busted. I, I knew, I knew, the only people I didn't know was um, Emmy and Veronica, because I didn't know who she was, and Cherry. I, I think Veronica's very strange because you get the impression that as a, you know, as a, as a man, she's very sort of a wallflower. Like she doesn't really stick out that much. What was she like as a person in the uh, workroom and whatnot? I get think the the, the thing that you, what everyone sees within like the past um, four, four episodes is done for TV. So mm. it's edited that you she didn't say anything, and then all of a sudden she wins a challenge. We constantly would speak to each other. All twelve of us are there from six a.m. in the morning till the time we finish. So we're all constantly talking to each other. So everyone kind of gets voiced and heard. But when the cameras are on, then like certain people become a bit more because, you know, it yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's one thing I was going to ask of like, who do you think the edit has been kindest to so far? Has there been any like misleading sort of, you know, shenanigans with the show? Um, everyone has a storyline. I'm trying to say as much as I can without saying I can't. Yeah. Yeah, everyone has like their own storyline that is whatever the storyline is. Um, like take my mine for instance was gonna win, sick, everything, Merry Christmas, and then blub 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 blub. Oh yeah, this was mm, yeah mm, yeah. Oh lip sync. Oh go home. <laughs> I was like surprised at your elimination, simply because I knew they were kind of gearing up some kind of line for Tia, but obviously in every episode you have. Uh, the the four people that are going to like either be in the top or be in the bottom tend to be featured the most or tend to have more of the storyline shown in that particular episode. So I thought they were kind of lining up tier to go, considering you had one challenge, you won the first challenge, and then okay, tier was good in rats, but other than that, she kind of been under the radar. So I was quite surprised that that you went while you were performing and you were there in that moment. Did you feel it was going to go either way? Um, can we relive it all again? <laughs> it was fun. like when when I was there. I was like, first of all, I was freezing on that like main stage. I was so cold. Same when I was um, the episode before of Rats in the Molina. I was freezing my little titties off. So I was just kind of like felt like that day. I felt low anyway. I felt just like hard done by. I was just like, oh, I'm just not feeling. But, you know, you just do the thing. So when it kind of all happened, I was like, okay, all I want to do is perform, like, Jesus Christ, really and truly, just get me on the stage and do a number, even if it is to do a leap or whatever the song was. Yeah. Just kind of like, well, I go home, I go home. I wasn't expecting to go home. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, what am I going home for? That was my issue. That I, like, took me a few, like, months after I'd left and COVID happened for me to, like, process. I think you get that. A couple of queens in the past have commented on that, saying that once they've left, it took them a really long time to, to process the reasons behind them leaving. But actually, once it came onto screen and the the viewers reacted in a certain way, it actually made them feel better. Was that the case for you? Yeah, yeah. In a way, at first I was like, there was a little part of me that was just like, God everyone gonna say i mean like everyone knows who i am everyone knows like i'm on the stage lip sync blah 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 and then i go home <gasps> oh my god but then part of it was like it's actually kind of a gag yeah. I li i'm kind of living but like the whole experience with fans and messages and the support is just really like it's wonderful that how it's been edited and shown to the, everyone so supportive of you just because of who you are not because of what they're watching yeah so it, it helped it has helped a lot and um does make me smile in the mornings one more question as well before i hug the full interview 
Babe, we'll have a little, we'll have a one-on-one. Yeah, -on -one. let's do it, let's go, I'll go get a cuppa. Uh, <laughs> so in the first episode, we had the queer icon runway. And we quickly noticed that you and Tace had both picked the same queer icon, which was Naomi Campbell. Then there was a discussion about the lack of black representation or the lack of black uh, POC representation in the queer media. And I was just wanting to know, since that conversation, what has the reaction of the fans been? But yeah. the fans and just everyone been like so understanding and like opened their own minds to actually like thinking about their own childhood and past of what they saw on TV, regardless of their gender and skin and colour. Yeah. But like all the conversations that are happening on um season two of UK, like with Ginny and Bimini about uh non-binary. Yeah. Like, our conversations were having a very um to be heard and especially on the uh, BBC, which is great. And then you just watch us all or witches on the main stage afterwards. <laughs> it's really wonderful. I think as well, actually, uh, I know there's a lot of conversation where people aren't necessarily supportive of the conversations or how the conversations are portrayed. But I also think as well, this is from my experience with talking about like being queer. Um, I think it's a, it's a really easy space um, to digest the information as, with something like Drag Race because they're having really quite tough conversations or difficult conversations or strange conversations that some people don't understand but with the setting that it's in it kind of gives people a space to enjoy the conversation without it being too intense because i feel sometimes mm -hmm. like that is sometimes the issue with people where they feel like the conversation's too intense yeah completely it's like you know when like someone comes to you and they go like oh my god this has happened to me and all of it and then this and then my cat died and then my fish had to and you're like <laughs> i was just asking how you are i'm already going for my own things that's too much um that's what's kind of great about drag race is it allows these big big things to happen but it just dilutes everything because it's all about you know fun and entertainment and queens and gowns and blah 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 but it just has that one moment however long for like a minute or five minutes where it just talks about that really serious issue so yeah. you can like oh it's kiki it's fun fun and all of a sudden it's just an issue that's so important and it just makes you go wow oh my. and then you really like learn you like yeah. go back to the fun but you'll never forget about that education you just had by the screen that's what's so good so good about drag race to touch on what you said earlier on as well about um all the support that and messages that you've been getting since you went on the show obviously you had a a, a a career before the show as well so what kind of contrast would you say between like the before and after is it kind of like a shell shock moment especially when it aired and everyone kind of knew yeah 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 and no i guess it's just like all of a sudden it's just my phone's just now non-stop blowing up with people just messaging me we love you we love you and i'm just like you don't even know who i am you're all the way in timbuktu but the fact that like with like it affected their hearts and affected like who they are as people and they're so intrigued about the art it's just wonderful. It's like, it's kind of no different, but it's just like, it's physically, um, not physically, tech technological on my phone more due to the world at the moment, where usually it's in the clubs. We love you, we love you, we saw you here, we saw you there. So it's kind of, it's the same, but just in a different um, format. I mean, uh, well, one thing that I really liked about Drag Race was, you know, watching This Week Just Gone's episode. Like, you're probably the only person where everyone was really had nothing bad to say after you I left it was amazing like you know that everyone was just like oh stina's gone and you kind of expect everyone to be bitchy you expect them to be a bit backstabby and be like oh thank god she's gone and nobody said that like that surely that's a great compliment to you 
um, the, I was like, when I watched it, of, um, and I left, and I like watched them all come back in, and then I they start talking, and then like Ginny, I was what like Ginny, I was just like, oh my god, she was so upset, and we, I, me and Ginny spoke. We came off filming, and she told me everything about it, so I was already humbled by it. So it was just more nice to them watch it, um, and then obviously like, the next when the next day we're on the round the table, and then. I was just like, oh my, wow. I didn't realize how much I had affected or spent so much time with them that they also wanted me to be there because really and truly, I shouldn't have gone, but no one should go. It's just like the way it went, the issue. And it's just like, if it was like, again, if me and Tate were against each other, it's different, but I think think cause it was against Tia and I had one to challenge Tia was just where she was kind of thing. That was the shock of it. And also, like, we had just got together and been together with, like, in a week. I think, actually, as well, is that the last series, uh, season two of UK and season 13 of America, there's been a lot of moments where you're like, hold on, why is that person not in the bottom two? Or why did that, did that person go? And it's happening more and more frequently now, I find, because before it was people were upset when Thorgy Thor went, people were upset when Ben De La Creme went, people mm. were also upset when Trixie went, and it was like one a season. But actually, it's like pretty much every week there's a bit of a shock and do you think that's being done to keep it polarizing and keep people talking about it or do you think that potentially um the the judges don't fully grasp what british drag is and so therefore judging it at a different standard um you know is whatever makes good tv makes good tv yeah but i don't think they have the full pure understanding of what british drag is or drag in the uk especially considering that we have many different types of being a drag queen or expanding and exploring drag it's not the one i say one thing over there in the us but like it's very just like polished pageant and there's the odd like like acid betty there's the odd artist the odd weirdo as we say but we're all weirdos because i live for it yeah it's very just set where over here it's there's a it's such a wide range and we're based on performance we're based on humor we're based on calling you a can I say can? Yeah, you have. <laughs> we call each other C U N T. We call each other these things, you know. We're just like, oh, babe, that top. I don't think so, babe. You need to go home and go back to Poundlands where you belong. And then it's fine. And we're just like, oh, you bitch. And we laugh about it. Good. When you've got the ASOS queen on your podcast, babe, it's never boring. <laughs> She's the queen of that scene on the screen. Well, I, I was really annoyed at that because obviously we, uh, you know, they had like people were going, oh, she can't believe she wore an ASOS jacket. And you're like, well, it's it's a drag look. Like, you know, if it works, mm-hmm. it works. Do you know what the gag jacket? is? And I kept telling everyone this. I was just like, first of all, yeah, it's an ASOS jacket. Second of all, the Naomi dress was over a grand. And third of all, why am I doing it in East London in a fashion garment? What the, do you have any education on the understanding of what the challenge and the creativity is? I'm an East London girl. They literally live in ASOS. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can't believe that like they were talking about you wearing an ASOS jacket, and then like in the episode just gone, was it? Was it? Si- it wasn't sister sister it was ellie diamond and she was wearing like available from other sellers halloween costume on amazon i think (laughs) (laughs) all right here's 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 a question for you that for that for that outfit on a scale of one to ten how stone cold was the chicken and there was no chicken in the box oh Oh, did you eat i've been lied to (laughs) no so i had the chicken whenever i had the chicken and then um (laughs) I was like, and I ate the, the chicken. I went, this, this one hot wing is just disgusting. I just thought East London, the runway, 
a chicken box. Nah, it's too much. Do it. Do it. Phenomenal. Fuck, you know what? You should bring that out as like a uh, side side merch, just like a, a, a chicken, chicken box, box that you put stuff in, like like a little like a little like a folder box thing. I imagine I want to be sponsored by a Dixie Chicken or something. Yeah, and man. Just get it for a year and just give it to people. Or a, a chicken box handbag. Oh, oh my god. god, a Dixie Chicken handbag! I would die. So, Estina, have you been watching uh, Drag Race Season 13? I have, off and on. I watch it kind of a bit late, though. So I kind of... Wait, it airs at whatever day it airs, and then I watch it, like, two, three days later. But I kind of don't... I kind of just, like, skim it and then get to the main the main stage and then just kind of watch the looks. I'm like, okay, cool, done, bye. Because then I just go to my Instagram and it's all over there on, and on Twitter, too. So I don't really need to watch it. <laughs> I'm liking it a bit more now. Consider, at first, I was really not a fan of it, but that's because I had my own show, my own season. <laughs> and was that was that because <laughs> of the format? Because last week we were talking about like how the weird format change for 13 was a bit iffy. I thought season 13 was just odd to begin with at first. Mm. I was just like, mm. I just didn't, I couldn't, I think it's because the US is, this just, it's been going on for too long. Like it has, it's been going for so, so long. So then to have our season with the UK and it first, and as well, season 13 came out before us. Mm. So it was just like, everyone just wanted the UK one. So yeah. I'm liking it a bit more now. Simone is just everything. Oh my yeah, gosh. She I, I love Simone. Oh, she's an iconic. Oh, yeah, I live for her. Same. When when she first walked in, I kind of didn't get it. Like, I saw her in the promo, and I really enjoyed her promo look. And then when she walked in, like, I thought it was funny, but I didn't really get her. And then when she walked on to do that uh, lip sync, I just fell in love from there. And I think everything she does now, regardless to whether it's absolute trash, I swoon over it. Like, I'm, like, a 14-year-old girl. I absolutely love her. And she's always so, like, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah. <laughs> You've said it now. Like I don't know why what it is, but that's like the vibe I get. Like she's just everything. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I'd say I, I'm still in love with Utica. Utica's the right uh Utica, Utica. sorry. I've done it again. <laughs> I'm in love with Utica. <laughs> I, I think, actually, judging by last week's episode, or the week before, sorry, is that Utica is getting slept on a little bit and it makes me a little bit sad. Do you, do you think so? Like, do you think she's being ignored, generally, well, this no, week? I don't think she's getting ignored. Like, I feel like the the uh, critiques and stuff are kind of in line with what they were doing, but I feel like her bag ball outfit was, like, stellar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. and they were like no thanks <laughs> I, I thought it was amazing but the, and I was like that was my favourite runway look but then you look at Got Mick and you're like that was amazing like you know like the, the, those three mm. looks you're just like oh bollocks oh. <laughs> but Got Mick is just not even in like Got Mick is in like our own league on that show now mm-hmm. so I, really I can't even like compare on the competition because really like enjoy. Oh, she's, I'm sorry he 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 is just great. I mean, he's just insane. Well, yeah. we were we weren't sure about this because obviously you know how it is with your drag friends and other drag performers, where you always refer to them as she, even when they're out of drag, and then you kind of feel mm-hmm. compelled to call Got Mick he, even though you know it's, as a drag queen you kind of instinctively call them she a lot. It's 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 getting a handle on that. Yeah, what it is, what it is for like in the in the queer umbrella LGBTQ plus two four seven seven family that we all are. <laughs> our terminology is just to use the word girl, babe, sis, hun, like mm-hmm. female terms. It's just how we talk. So then, when someone's pronouns are him and he, 
uh, especially for like trans men, you were like, oh my God, he, but what needs to happen is it's just where it's coming from. If I'm just calling you girl, because it's natural, just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. I'm tired. That's mm-hmm. fine. But when I'm like actually referring and calling for you, then you need to use the right terminology. Uh, wait, hold on. Who was your favorite um, entrance look for season 13, by the way? Because we all had a, our little opinion last week. So what is yours? Um, is it bad that I don't actually remember any of them? <laughs> No, I I will say I'm so happy. Um, is it Joey is Joey is gay? Yeah. That she went on like one of the main stage of the singing whatever one of the big big dance performance one, and she did her boy hair. Mm. Lived. Yeah. So had that is like UK. I saw like UK drag there and like Rebel one. Yeah, what drag is i because because i was arguing with people about this because people were agreeing with michelle being like oh you shouldn't you know what you keep using that hair and i'm like well that's that's their look like you know that's mm. that's her look is you know she wants to use that and there's no right or wrong way to do drag so what's the problem exactly but that's the thing it's like why can i not who are you to say that drag has to be wigs yeah uh, you know the traditional known thing who is to say that if you're being a drag queen for sure and I suppose that actual that week it, it was about getting to know the the performer, the queens, the artists a lot more. And effectively, that's what Joey did. She was like, "Oh, this is me, and this is how I present myself in my drag." And then for them to question yeah. it, to be like, "I don't know. I think I'm a little bit bored of that." It was like, "Well, you've asked me to show you me, so actually, what you're now asking me to do is show you what you want something yeah. I'm not." The same as Ginny yeah, Lemon. Literally. The, the same as yeah. like, oh, can you be a bit more sexy? And it's like, Ginny Lemon is, doesn't do sexy. Yeah, but I think Ginny Lemon does sexy the, how Jimmy Le- Ginny yeah. Lemon wants to do sexy. Sorry, I mean, yeah. typically sexy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, typically sort of yeah. stereotypical female position. Stereotypically, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. When Ginny did my favorite thing, and that is to reveal something that is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I live. It that was, was everything. so funny. <laughs> Dressed as a as a nineteen eighties dinner lady. <laughs> oh, anything from the trolley days. I'm fine, though. I'm fine, Jenny. Don't worry. Goober lumpy mash for you, darling. He's just coined the term Sue Pollard drag, and I never thought that would be a thing. <laughs> okay, okay. So speaking of Ginny Lemon, the episode just gone. The whole. Bendela Kremen herself, as per the edit. How do we uh, feel about edit. that? As the per edit. the edit. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? Because I knew it was happening. Mm. Honest, honest opinion, right? And I'm not one to bullshit. But boring that she walked off. And I think that it was made boring because whatever whatever drama transpired on the stage or whatever, they've obviously, like, because it's the BBC and they're all, like, you know, prim and proper and no cash prizes and everyone gets a badge and all this kind of stuff, they want to make it come across as positive as they can or at least, like, damage control if anything horrendous does happen. And the fact that they edited it in the way that she just kind of goes, I'm going to walk off now and just buggers off. That was really boring to me. And, I was, and it made me think without like looking into it further or anything, God, why why did you give up? That's proper shit. I, I liked it. I thought it was punk as fuck. But then obviously when I found out that that wasn't what happened, I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit... Mm. See, for me, in the in the moment of it happening, I was like a little bit disappointed. Like, 
like because I wanted Ginny to stay like because I feel like if Ginny had stayed they would have won the lip sync I have that feeling Mm. I was like oh like a bit gutted that that's that's what they did however when they then got back and kind of explained it I was like well yeah I get it like if you're in a, a situation that isn't good for you isn't healthy for you then they don't have to do it they can take themselves out and they can remove themselves from the situation if that's the best thing for them so i i kind of understood that i I was still like i'm still upset she's not there that they're not there and i'm still upset that um that that's how it ended it's good to know because i think she's stupid and she should have just never entered the competition i'm joking um well look i knew this was gonna happen like i knew it like when i went out they all told me and then Mm. i spoke to Ginny. we like so i knew the reasons why i was i was also there so i know exactly what she was feeling and what everyone was feeling but how they displayed it yeah again another tv gag moment Ginny never wanted to win she knew that she wanted to go on tv make a name for herself and you know it be hers to control, not her be controlled by BBC or what a wonder or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Not to say that's what happened, but you know, that's from what I uh, kind of my opinion of it. But like again, it's like you um like you said, you when you're not comfortable in something, you don't have to do it. And that's what I quite liked about but that that like hidden message. I didn't want to lip sync, so I left. You don't have to do things. No at the end of the day, no one told us to be here. I'm happy that she went that way. I mean, like, this moves us on to our next subject fairly well. So, yeah, so we want to have a little talk about mental health. Absolutely. Ultimately, you can move that on by recognising that what Ginny did was had a great enough sense of self that she did what was right for her in that instance, regardless of what society or the competition would expect of her. And ultimately, we need to get to that point in our culture with our mental health as well, that we recognise when situations aren't great for us and can take that step to go, actually, it's not worth the sacrifice on me or the, the kind of the impact that's going to have on me. It's not worth it. That's the thing, I think, that leads us into the conversation around mental health is that actually, although Ginny hasn't said that explicitly, she's ultimately done that, I think, as a demonstration of what was best for her in that sense of, of self-identity and all of those things, which are huge indicators in terms of mental health. Kind of touched on it again last week as well, where we said where we went about um, how when Rue suggested that oh Ginny should be more sexy or Ginny should try and be more sexy in the conventional sense. The reason they weren't in the bottom because we thought that thought that Rue kind of felt like he kind of set him up to fail when it didn't pan out the way that they thought it would. Mm. Yeah, it would have been shady as fuck. Yeah, so I imagine that Ooh. kind of like there was like residual feelings about that whole experience. But again, it's the boring bit for me was the edit. Not the fact they walked out, but the fact that they edited out all of the drama and things that came to light. It's the truth, and you will never see the truth. It's because the truth isn't fun. Yeah, well, producers always control everything, don't they? And the fact that they don't want you to see it, you'll never see it. It's that great old adage, was it, uh, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. The journalist mindset that. When you left Drag Race, your final lines on the show are, you know, how it's taken you a long time to feel good about yourself. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Like, has drag been a big part of that? Um, No, not at all. It was just, drag is not, I think for a lot of people, everyone's like, oh, drag, drag is my life. And it's this and it's that. And I could not live without it. And I'm just like, it's my art who i am it's a part of me it's not something that i need to make a thing because it's what it is and it 
ties in with every part of my entire being and nature. So at the time, it wasn't about me being proud of drag and me being proud of it. It was just, am I proud of where I am at this moment in time and what I've been doing? Am I proud of myself? From where I am now to where I was however many years ago, am I proud of myself? And I was like, yeah. I really am mm. on top of like the outfit and the competition and all of that as well. That was like part of it too. But that was, that's the true meaning behind it. And there's, you know, whatever I say, how people take it is how they take it. And, you know, I think everyone needs to just sit to themselves. Like, are you happy? Are you proud of yourself? Look at where you are in the world. Just say, am I good? Am I happy? Am I proud of myself? Is there anything I want to change in life? And I think that's what lockdown last year was so good for is that you was able to like evaluate your entire existence hmm. and what's going on what's not going on and eat loads of food i mean like i think a lot of people are surprised at how strong they are to have survived this long into lockdown like you know a lot of people wouldn't peg themselves as being able to survive like this long isolated or without like their usual coping uh, methods mechanism. Do you know what's funny i was um i was saying to someone the other day was like i can't believe we've done this i'm like I, like we've done this like how i went but you've never done this before so how would you even know you were gonna be able to do it none of us have been through this ever unless you were in the plague and then times and you're here now but like it's that like none of this is new for everyone so you need to be proud of yourself everyone because we have made it this far mm. ridiculous we're still here but we have done this and got this far and it's been probably one of the toughest years in everyone's life in this generation i think one of the one of the a really good thing that helps uh, myself and uh, other people get through stuff is that every time you kind of start dwelling on the whole lockdown situation is that you're you're not the only one in this situation yes you get those like a few outliers who are out having raves and stuff or Boris Johnson's dad yeah <laughs> or, or, or you think you know I'm a celebrity so I can go and have dinner in a restaurant with 40 other people but nine, nine times out of ten everyone's doing the same thing and everyone's sat at home and they're all kind of just like oh it's the same four walls again and it's it's comforting it's the to know. same for everyone yeah it's solidarity i i i yeah, that realization. I, I had that horrible realization today you know i would like two years ago all of my dreams were like oh, i'm gonna go here i'm gonna jet off somewhere i'm gonna do this i'm gonna perform to a big crowd and all of these things and now i've realized that my dreams are like I, I could go somewhere. I could I could go to the pub. You know, I, I could have a pint. You know, it's it's put everything one in day. perspective. Oh, babe, one day. babe, my, I was like, are you telling me I have six to eight months off work and drag and can sleep and stay in bed all? <gasps> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. You will not be seeing me ever again. This lockdown <laughs> pandemic is everything. Thank you, heaven. <laughs> In the beginning for me, I, I was like, oh, I do not have to deal with any more idiots at work and I can stay in the house. Amen. Uh, it was like brilliant. And then uh, unfortunately, I lost my job a couple of weeks ago. However, it's a blessing in disguise and I'm not upset about it. Mm. But then actually the thing that's affecting kind of me the most is, is that and, and, and it's affecting David ever so it's slightly different. So I'm quite a tactile person. I like to hug. I like to cuddle everyone. I like to talk to people. I'm obviously a talker. Uh, and David actually is a little bit more reserved than me. Isn't a, a massively, yeah, <laughs> isn't, is, isn't yeah. massively into hugs and stuff like this. And actually that's the bit. If I never went back to work ever again, I don't think I'd really be that bothered. But actually, it's the not seeing people as frequently, uh, like, or even in 
the, the same proximity as you're, you're used to. Like Zoom's great, but you can only do so much. Uh, I think that's the thing that, and for a lot of people, um, it, it's kind of the, the human kind of touch. They're missing these kind of moments of interaction. It's tough. It's the toughest. It's my it's my toughest thing that I deal with um, just because I like to hug and chat and touch and feel everything. Um, but like during lockdown, I like I studied psychology in the brain. So I was just really interested. Like human interaction and being able to touch someone physically like is an actual like connection that we actually like need and it helps us whatever happens in the body and the brain like we need that so then to not have it especially with like your close friends and you know, your people you're you live your lives with to not be able to touch them for their own safety and your safety and everyone else around you is like i think it's so tough that it's beyond you even knowing how tough it is it affects you in ways that i don't you can't possibly imagine it's something I'm st- I still struggle with. Like even today, I just went to go help my um, nan out because um, the the TV is not working because there's no satellite and all this nonsense. And she was like, "Good." Yeah. So we had to sort it out, and I couldn't even touch my nan. I couldn't visit. I couldn't even hug her. I had to stay away. And I'm like, "There's how can I stay away from someone who is part of my blood and soul yeah. and being?" But for her own safety, even though she's got the vaccine, she's fierce and she's still slaying and she's like 58, 95, Merry Christmas. I can't even touch her. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. But it's that one of knowing how strong and how powerful we are as human beings that we can go through this. You just find another way to get that internal embrace. Crazy how quickly um, everyone adapts to situations as well, especially the likes of uh, lockdown and not seeing everyone, especially if you've been put on furlough or you've been stuck in the house or working from home a lot. You kind of adapt to that little routine of instead of waking up and driving to work or getting the tube or getting the bus to work or anything, you just kind of roll out of bed and you go, right, and I should probably wear joggers today. Fuck. And that oh, is your that yeah. is your new morning it's, routine. It's the conditioning from being a child. I just wear underwear. I'm just like, oh, I'm staying in bed. Delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is that mental health issues are really insidious. Like, and I think a lot of people are having them now because of lockdown and because of this lack of physical contact. And I don't think they realise. So you know, we're getting a lot of people that are kind of going, oh, I just don't feel right, or I'm not feeling happy about anything, and everything's a bit like the same every day. And you're like, yeah, that that's depression. And they've never dealt with it before you know and because it sneaks up on you doesn't it that's what that's what i've um faced that's my mental health box tick however you want to like <laughs> put it is i suffer depression and i didn't even know it was depression i was just like why do i feel low why do i feel the way i feel and then i took i took it upon myself to like have conversations with people who have mental health like my friend margot um she suffers with mental health and she was helping me well she was i was talking to her about her like mental health to help her but it was educating me and then i was understanding my mental health and like the whole of like end of the lockdown slash beginning of the year was just pure depression the whole of 2020 mm. is just pure, sponsored by depression it li- literally is just depression but it's you're allowed to feel that like i think that's the thing as well is you it's fine you can feel this way it's good for you to feel this way even though mental health isn't great the fact that you feel this and you are aware of it and you're speaking about it is great and if you need to take that two three days off and you don't do do anything do it because it's going to heal you you'll feel better because you have to go through that 
And I think that's the thing. It's like people like, but you're you can put and you'll get through this. And I promise like it's not. And it's like, yeah, but just let them process this. Let them go through it. Obviously keep like an eye on them, because you know, it can get pretty dark and deep for some people. God bless their souls, we love you all. But like it's fine. Take the time off. Like I do all the time. I take like at least take one day off and I just turn off everything and I don't talk to anyone because I just have to feel in that way especially if I'm feeling really low it's like we were saying about uh, Ginny Lemon where it's the fact of you know you control your situation and you need to know that you have the power to just go nope not doing this or this isn't how I want this to play out I need to go and do this I think another thing as well is uh, on social media and stuff like that there's been like especially in lockdowns there's been this massive influx of people living their false lives and how they're living this like oh i'm a separate housewife and this is my house and this is my home and this is my banana bread and this is my like perfect little bubble that i'm living in and showing you all and blah 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 and then other people are comparing that to what's been shown and normally what you see on social media and stuff like obviously it's not true and people only want to show you the best bits of their lives but it's more so in lockdown because fuck all else to do and I think a lot of people have seen yeah. that and kind of ran with it, especially with um, people with completely... side hustles as well. Like you were saying, take a day off, live your own life and have your own time. Um, a lot of people have been like, oh, work, 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 do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's it's not like not everyone can constantly be a, like a workhorse. It's OK to take a day off and to not be productive is completely fine. And no one's judging you for that. You know what I mean? First of all. You're your own person, babe. It's your life. First, don't compare 100%. We will do is who we are. Also as well, Instagram is fake. Don't, don't, you should know that from day one now. Like if you feel, see something and you feel a type of way, then that you need to sort yourself out because you know it's just Instagram. Also, it's like, just forget about it. Focus on you really and truly. What happens when your phone dies? What do you do? You have a great time speak to your friends you always have a great time have your life see the world that you live in and get away from all the little bits and bobs and the fascinations and the fairies and the glitters that's around you because you've been conditioned to have it as a human being since you were a child since you were birthed and i think that's what's quite great about the queer community that we are part the minus the toxic side of it is that we are we do our own thing we live our own lives and we just be our true selves as much as we can be so Stuart, once again we you apparently have a delightful game for us what game is it this week of course for the first time ever we're gonna theme it around our guest so i've got a game called rude um, rude the game is pretty much we're going to have a little chat about some drag race decisions and we're going to decide which one was more rude. Um, so, for example, the decision to put Estina in the bottom two, mm. quite rude. The decision to make Estina leave, also quite rude. But which <laughs> one was the ruder decision? Well, obviously the second one. Yeah, the one with the center home. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, no, see I... this game through, Stu. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> was that the whole game? <laughs> you should have come to me about this. <laughs> I live there. That, that was the example because she's here. No, okay. I have, um, so I have a set of them. Um, I've gone for one per season, but not all the seasons because we'd be on for another three hours um, mm. or three weeks. What I'll do is I'll give you the scenario and then you. I will ask you each what you think is the more rude of the decisions. So, 
let's start with season one. So the win that we've got is BB Zihara Benet winning overall. And the exit that I've got is Angina in the lip sync against BB. Which one do we think was a more rude decision? Mm. We'll start with Estina. Um, I don't even remember it. So, um, <laughs> rude. Uh, Tammy Brown, rude. Tammy Brown was rude. <laughs> Scott? So, the um, I love Angina. I think Angina is brilliant. But actually, I feel like BB did better in the lip sync. But I, I also think BB deserved to win. So I don't think either of them are rude. I think both of them are actually quite well-balanced decisions. <laughs> well, Susie Switzerland right there. Yeah, yeah. That was 10 years ago, Scott. Neutral as shit. She doesn't even watch the show anymore. <laughs> I'm surprised you can even remember it. I can't remember it. I honestly... I. It it was so long ago. This was like when RuPaul was on Channel Four at half ten at night after Rick and Steve's Gay Adventures or whatever it was. I watched so... season. I watched season one again last week. Oh, okay, fair news. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's good, wow. it is one of the best seasons though. Like it is. That Vaseline filter though. I'm oh, I'm starting with this Tina. I can't remember. <laughs> right. So season one was a poor decision. Then um, we'll skip that one. Season <laughs> seven then. Um, so oh. it's, this is a Kennedy and Katya theme. So the spoof video, I don't know if you remember where they had to do a RuPaul song, as they always do. That was a rough spot. Um, yeah, <laughs> that. So Kennedy won, but Katya was, as that friggin' feel the heat on my smoking meat, that was hilarious. Um, and then Katya leaving instead of Kennedy as well. So it's basically Katya being robbed, which was the most <laughs> rude moment of Katya being robbed. Basically, Katya and every decision that happened on that show to her was rude. The Diana, mm. rude. Yeah. All of it, like, yeah, rude. And because Katya is amazing and Katya is rude. So I fucking love that. I was, oh, she's everything. I fucking love her. <laughs> Kennedy's amazing too, so. Oh yeah, Kennedy's amazing, but I think Katya was robbed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anybody oh. have any differentiating opinions? So I like regarding that. I think Katya was like threat unfairly throughout. Mm. But that's only because I really, really, I thought she was funny, and I, I like, I, I loved everything about her. But I love her now, so, and I love Kennedy too. Oh my god, I am Susie Switzerland. Well, literally, <laughs> you, really you are. are. You've applied for your UN passport, and they're waiting to just <laughs> fucking pass it through the council. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you have a negative opinion, Scott? Is it possible? Like. Um, well, what do you well, really think... hate at the moment? What do I really hate at the moment? What yeah. really grinds your gears, Jeff? <laughs> and don't um... include David in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear people that have a go at people working over masks. It boils your tits, it darling. Me off. It's like, shut up, go She's home. Fucking... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm with you Some there, Believe me. Enemy in about. Put a mask on. <laughs> do you know what? I don't know what I hate. Oh, it boils my Android pisses me off. Is when people attack someone and they're just doing what they have to do. Stop. And they're just trying to do their job. Stop. I'm just doing my job, babe. At the end of the day, I'm going to go home and have a wank. Or I'm going to play some games. Or I'm going to cook some food and live my life. I'm just doing my job because guess what? I've got to do it. Someone on, someone's got to do it and they guess it's me. So what you need to do is take your opinion, go back home, go back up your mother's womb and stay there. Yeah. <laughs> it evaporates her pit. She's absolutely. There is angry. This is actually a bit of a. This is a better version of the game that I actually made. To be fair. <laughs> what should we just start again? <laughs> what, yeah. Can we? Let's let's cancel my game. My game is actually crap. Let's just say what the most hashtag rude thing is over the past year. 
That's better. I, I'm okay. I, with right, that. okay. I have I have a story to tell you about that actually. Right. So I have a friend. I'm not going to name him. Not that he listens, but I'll I'll not I'll not name him. But he is the type of person that if you tell him to do something, he will outright refuse. And before this whole pandemic and all this shit. He used to wear like face masks and stuff because he was a bit of a hype beast and loves his like you know supreme and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so he would he would wear like he'd got he bought in special um like black disposable face masks and all this kind of stuff because he didn't want to look like a surgeon. Um, and then when it came round to the the mandate about masks in shops and public spaces, he didn't want to wear one because he was being told to wear one. And oh so it's so backward. It was so silly. But I remember, like, there's been a few times where in between lockdown one and two back with Avengers, we were in a shop and this person came over and was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to put your mask on. And he was the only one in the shop with his mask off. And he was just like, and just left, walked out. Wow. And I was just like, wow. So that is hashtag rude. Hashtag stupid. Mm. Hashtag a mask is not a fashion trend. People don't want to wear the masks for like for going into a shop, which is like what maximum like half an hour, and then you realize that there's people whose jobs they have to wear them all day, and you just go, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot harder, and you can't even wear it for walking around bloody Tesco because yeah. we don't like to be told to wear do things. That is that. That that's that. Exactly. Also, I think I think as well, like oh, it's mandatory, so why have I got to pay for it? It's ridiculous. That, that would involve a government that could successfully get a contract for making like face masks. You know, that would just that would prove to have a good, maybe a good, good just a government. Yeah. We don't have it. We just have <laughs> we just have whatever is on that table. We're just doing saying things left, right, and center. Well, that that's you know. mine. That's that's my hashtag rude for the year. Is just the government because <laughs> every every single decision that they made during the past year. It's been crap. Like the most insulting one, I think, was to eat out a help out and then blamed it for the for spreading the coronavirus more. Have you seen like... the latest coronavirus adverts, by the way? Of oh. the ones where it's guilt tripping. Yeah, where it's like, look me in the eye and tell me that you're not breaking the rules or something, and you're just like, didn't Richie Sunak turn around and say everyone should go out and have a massive meal in the restaurant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, like, we'll give you the yeah. money. Off. We'll pay for it. You go out and do it. We'll pay for it. And then oh, doing it. No, but uh, no, I think my room is of the year which is something that's like affecting me every single day at the minute is when you go onto a uni zoom call and they don't have the cameras on really pisses me off see like sat there talking to yourself absolutely hate it it's hashtag rude so david what's your rudest moment of the year so i'm gonna go with 2021 because 2020 was a write-off and already like six weeks into 2021 The rudest moment for me are people who think because they're wearing a mask that social distancing doesn't apply. And particularly in the case of trolley wars in supermarkets, if I have another middle-aged woman handling my trolley in order to get to the prawns while I'm stood there, I'm going to just... I I can't even... I just... Like, I actually said to one woman, I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise that the government announced that the two-metre social distancing thing isn't a thing anymore because... You are literally breathing the same air as me right now. Like, we could wear the same trousers. You're that close to me. Oh, that's the most middle-class white woman thing I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) David, oh, 
babe i am there with you i have like so many arguments in the supermarkets and uh, it's brilliant i live i live for it though because people are like, and i go i don't know where you think you're going with that trolley trying to move fast we're all in here trying to get food mm-hmm, just yeah. calm yourself down sweetheart but i need to get the orange juice well you can wait two seconds for me to choose mm-hmm. my orange juice because guess what you can go to any other store and get some orange juice darling also if you need orange juice buy some oranges from the corner shop and squeeze it yourself mm-hmm. they're like oh, oh, I can't believe you spoke to me and i'm just like well you shouldn't have come with me i'm a attitude sweetheart just wait have patience because guess what you can order food online and they can deliver it to your house no one told you to leave your house sweetheart we're in a lockdown with with the um, whole like clothes shops like people seem to have this thing where clothes shops not being open all of the facebook mums like how am i going to get my child's this this, this? go online go yeah. online most get a sewing machine store. Get yeah, get a fucking learn some skills that you clearly didn't learn in school, bitch. I've actually moved moved past being anywhere near polite in a sh- in like in a supermarket. If someone's in the way, especially I found out um, when people are trying to be socially distant, they turn into like dithering idiots and they just kind of like mm-hmm. slowly what and they like stand with this massive double decker trolley in front of where you want to be, and I'm just like move. And they're like, what? And I'm like, shift, fuck off. My favourite game to play was when lockdown first happened and they put the arrows on the floor of all the shops and you had to walk a certain way around it. Mm-hmm. I went to Mazda and didn't realise initially, I was just like, mind my own business. And then I realised I was walking the wrong way down an arrow. So I quickly turned myself around, went up the next one, which was the right way, and then continued to look at people that were walking the wrong way like they were really bad people. So where does everyone like to summer when we can travel? What's traveling? Do you want to hear a really countries? sad fact? <laughs> I've not had a holiday in years. I've not been abroad properly in years. The last time I went away properly was, uh, I think it was when I was in uni and I went to Berlin and it was minus 15 degrees. So it's not very oh. summery. Ooh. But last year I turned 30. And I, I, like my whole plan for turning 30 was I wanted to go to Japan mm. and I really wanted to go to Tokyo and spend my 30th there. But obviously that didn't happen because of Miss Rona. Mm. So that is my plan for post-lockdown shenanigans. You go and just celebrate your 30th whenever you want to celebrate your 30th. Yeah. Even if I'm 37, I will celebrate the 30th. Hey, you can be 50. I can't wait. I turn, tw- I turn 28 next week. Child. And I'm like, I'm celebrating my 26th again. Like, I don't care what anyone says. I'm re-celebrating my 26th. We were talking about this on the group chat about, like, how uh, lockdown birthdays in lockdown don't really count or that you can save them up for later. So I think what we're allowed to do is we're just allowed to be in a pub somewhere and then just be like, bam, I'm having a treble birthday today. And then you break it all out and you get three (laughs) times the presence of everyone. It's going to be amazing. Listen, I can't wait. (laughs) The really sad thing is this time last year, me and David were in New York. Yeah, and this date, this exact date, we would have been watching Moulin Rouge on Broadway tonight. Oh. So, I miss traveling so much. And like, I really want to go to Hawaii. That's another place that I really like to go. Because out of everywhere I've been, I've never been to Hawaii. So, I really want to go there. Hmm. And I'd be fully up to going back to Japan with you, Michael. I, I, for, honestly, for my official 30th, I want to go. I, I mean, you all better have your fucking ices packed with cash to go already i i really want to go back to japan because it's the the most amazing place i've ever been to i want to go to butlins listen i live in a butlins babe yeah. Do you know what at this point i'll take it it's better than yeah. what we've got now i, I would take a, a red coat show over sitting in the house watching fucking netflix any day 
Remember Rory the Tiger? Or was that Haven Holiday? It was. Yeah, Rory was Haven. Oh, yeah. I'm getting them mixed up. There'll be hate mail. Oh, I'll get oh. death threat. I did, did anyone remember like when you went to Haven and they had the Tiger Club when you were a kid? Yes. I still remember I, that song. Like I literally, I, I just wake up like? in the what morning and it's like? like swinging through the jungle, climbing up a tree, see a see a silly monkey. Sing it right now. Me. <laughs> wow. I, How do you remember that? Is that the one you I, remember, David? No, I was okay. I still have my Tiger badge, uh, Tiger Club badge, somewhere at home. I need to oh, find that. <laughs> <laughs> Rory the Tiger, I remember. And then, can you remember the Chuckle Brothers, how they used to have that two-person bike, but you could sit down with a roof? <laughs> yeah. Tandem bike thing. I remember they had them at the Haven Holiday that my mum used to take yeah. to as a kid, and I always thought, oh, I want to be a Chuckle Brother! <laughs> <laughs> goals. Oh, God, if goals. only they knew! <laughs> Pontins, the other ones, all of them. Cumbersome. Oh, I loved Pontins. I lived. Oh my god, that's the one I went to. I lived. I lived, oh. I lived for it. Especially, I was like the only black one there as well. So it was just like, oh my god. And I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. Oh my god, I feel like a white boy. Yay! At the time. <laughs> I, I would encourage amazing. you all to Honestly. go back now because I've been, I went to Pontins November 2019. <laughs> And it was—I was just there for a weekend. And it, what I can't get over is the wee-proof mattresses, the shiny mattresses. <laughs> just, <laughs> you're worried about COVID now. You want to be worried what you're catching pontins, really. Except on a pontins. You want to be worried that you're going to pontins. So while Michael fucks off to Japan, we're all going to pontins, right? Pretty I'm much. Okay with that. I'm okay with that. Listen, I, I, let's do it. I'm so down. Seven a map of Kiki and Butlins. <laughs> Give me Bingo, oh, do me. I fucking love Bingo. Sam. Sam. <laughs> who who just Michael. said I fucking love Bingo? <laughs> Michael. I love Bingo. What's wrong with Bingo? <laughs> Nothing. It's it's. it's... Uh, right. Explain to me. You go, you go to Turkey. You're a 12 year old boy, and your mum says, "Sit at the bar while we play Bingo for 10 hours." What else are you supposed to do? You learn to love bingo. So, saying it's like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I remember my sister took me to um, Mecca Bingo or something for the first time a few years ago. And um, she, and she was like, right, if you get if you get bingo, you have to say, and I, and I won. Not a lot, though. It wasn't like the big house thing. It was like a couple of hundred quid. And I stood up and I was like, and I got so excited. And all of the old women shot me daggers and then laughed their fucking pancreases out at me. Because I stood up and I was like, bingo! And we don't say bingo here! And they laughed me out of the building. It was so ashamed. I was so ashamed, but also I won, so fuck them. Thanks for sharing. I think we've learned a lot today. I think we've, um, <laughs> I think we've all made a lot of progress education. today. <laughs> we've made something. <laughs> thank you very much for everyone. To... So, thank you, everyone. Use your words, darling. Use, Use your, your words. words. It's, it's all I'm thinking about is the fucking Tiger Club. I'm thinking about <laughs> being like sort of the late 20s, 30s gang going to the Tiger Club. I think it's probably got a very different meaning for the adult gay population now, really. Mm-hmm. There's a subset we don't even know about yet. Bitch, Carol Baskin. We've got bears. My God. <laughs> Wait, Lord have mercy. <laughs> 
But yes, so thank you everyone who's tuned in and listened this week. And thank you very much, Estina Mandela, for being our wonderful, voluptuous guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me, darling. It's such a pleasure. It's been so much fun. I live. Honestly, I've had such a ball. <laughs> so what have we got to plug? Right, so um, Estina Mandela's merch with Bad Word A. Oh. Hashtag rude. Hashtag rude hashtag collection. Rude. Hashtag um, at Estina Mandela. At Bad Word Day. At Elite Drag. At ASOS, at the toilet, <laughs> at the chicken all shop, of them, all of them, babe. At, 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 Dixie at the chicken, chicken shop, and that's available from badwearday.com, Michael. That is available from badwayday.com. Ah, uh, brilliant. Um, I've got the velvetsnatch.com to promote to you, which you can go to my YouTube channel and see my very stupid YouTube sketches, uh, which is at home with Velvet and Velcro, starring me and my tragic sister velcro whose only real claim to fame is the fact that they'd never seen a baby bounce that high when she was born (laughs) (laughs) so please listeners share this podcast with your friends and help it grow and i want you to i want you to go to people on the street and just go up to them and be like oh girl and they won't have a clue what you're talking about but it'll make me laugh so uh yeah yeah that Socially distanced and wearing a mask. Look at, look at them and laugh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's say goodbye. Uh, thank you very much, Astina, for being on. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Bye. 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 I'm going to go to bed. Uh... I'm gonna eat some food. <laughs> some chicken. I'm going to Pontins. <laughs> yeah, off to Pontins. Midnight Pontins. Sam, let's go. To the Tiger Club. The train. <laughs> Ready. Right, bye everyone. Love you all. Love bye. You. Bye. bye. Oh, 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 o